Turn off the lights and talk to me. Nothing important, Matt Reyes. Why the fuck am I snapping? Why the fuck am I singing? It's just the mood. It is the mood. There's a billion ways and a thousand languages to describe what the mood is. Might have watched a horror movie and learned about the mood through a phrase called the happy place. And now if you are a person of color in America, you are terrified that there are hidden communities in this nation where white people abduct and whitewash black people. Is that a fear of yours? I think that was a metaphor. Don't take it too serious, but proceed with caution. Fearful people. There's other words like vibes. People talk about that a lot nowadays. Everybody's like, yo, what's the vibes? It's a New York City thing. New York is used to it. New York is not even offended anymore. New York is impervious to being moved now because I don't know how long this has been a trend, but the vampire blood sucking of the entire globe, just extracting all of the beautiful, incredible culture from a city like New York is something that happens every motherfucking day. The thing about New York, you know why New York is not worried? That it was probably some random kid in the hood that was like, yo, you know the vibes? And I became a thing in the neighborhood, in the hood. And now the whole globe is saying that shit. You know why New York don't care? Because you can try to replicate. You can try. You can try to duplicate. But it's artificial. It ain't real. The spirit, the soul ain't behind it. And so it don't matter. It's cool. You know what I mean? It's like when a supermodel, they walk down the runway. And people forget that they're a supermodel. And so they go and they buy whatever bubble coat or you know plastic bag they're fucking wearing or they're walking down that strip and they put it on and they're confused why don't i look like that why don't i look like that person why isn't it working it's because you're not them you're not the supermodel they got the you know what i'm saying they starve themselves they don't eat they're six foot five you fucking get it other words to describe the mood the mood state of mind state of being Turn off the lights. That's a great philosophical um, conversation to have. You know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, the snap or the song? You understand? The trigger or the message? I think the trigger happens first. I personally do believe so. I have a daughter. I learn a lot from having a daughter. I take my daughter sometimes and I pick her up with my left arm. I lift her and I walk over to the wall. And on the wall, there's this beautiful invention that a guy named Nikola Tesla made very popular. And now we all have lights in our house and we have currents that rejuvenate themselves and we can have big power grids. And one aspect of expressing this man's beautiful brain is something called a light switch. And I take my daughter over to the, to the wall, carrying her in my left hand and in my right hand, I go to the wall and I go... I just flip up the light switch, flip it up, and the light comes on, and I flip it down, light goes off. You understand what I'm saying? The That comes first. It doesn't follow. And it's beautiful because it is something your brain gets used to. So I think in times where the, the light bulb, which is the expressor of the light, it's the little tool 
that use that is used to hold that filament inside of it and spark and bring light to the room, sometimes that dies. And you go over to the wall with your baby and you try to click that light on. The light don't even come on. It doesn't even come on. But in your brain almost, your brain is so used to, then the light comes on in your head. And then you realize you're really in the dark. What the fuck am I talking about? Um, I'm joking. Turn off the lights. See, it doesn't work if you don't snap first. It don't work. I love thinking about that framework. Very popular. It's been popular for a long time. I think it is gaining more popularity, ladies and gentlemen. There's always ebbs and flows. There are new waves. The wave crests and then it smacks onto the shore or onto the ocean bed. And that continues happening. I think that is a greater uh, metaphor for the how that interrelates with everything in life. Things go up, they must come down, they must rest, and then they go back up again, and they must come down. You understand what I'm saying? It's just the time frames that we're paying attention to and where you're focusing that awareness on, right? Right now, the wave of all these interpretations of your mood, there's so many different ways to express this, but it's becoming very popular. It's growing. It is growing. And all it is, I think, is... Collectively, as a human race, we are coming into some greater understanding that things don't have to be as difficult as they appear to be. Things don't have to be as hard. Things don't have to be as challenging. We don't have to suffer as much as we do. Past beliefs, traditions, things that have gotten us to where we are today may inform us otherwise, but As we all understand through the evolution of a human life, as we all can understand through the example of growing in every way as a man or a woman or whatever you self-identify with, the things that have gotten you to the point that you're at right now may very well be the things that kill you going forward. That's not talking about an actual death. I'm just saying, use an example of myself. Let's get a little personal for a moment. I grew up a certain way and the most favorable characteristics to adopt And the way that I grew up in the environment that I grew up in, the space that I grew is to be somebody who doesn't trust easily, who is very aware and almost has an over acute sense of paranoia. You understand somebody who's constantly looking for something bad to happen because in that environment, that is a reality. Bad things just happen because of poverty, because of lack of education, because of pain. Hurt people, hurt people, right? As you get older, people that come from my community, myself in particular, you learn. You can't take that mindset, that ideal, that overarching methodology and apply that to other parts of life because it could be damaging to self. Because there may not be anything bad happening and you are creating that energy, right? Very motherfucking... It's powerful. Apply it to your life if you like. If not, who cares? It's nothing important podcast. I am not a licensed therapist. Put the little bar at the bottom if you want more information about COVID-19 vaccinations. Please visit the CDC website. Go over there. They say Dr. Fauci lied. Who cares? Who cares? They're saying Joe Biden is uh, sticking himself with fucking amphetamines. That he's a clone. Who cares? Who cares? Who knows what's going on? I don't. Do you know? I don't know. 
I don't know. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I love thinking about that framework, though. It is popular, but it, I think it's also like it's popular for a reason. The entire human consciousness is shifting. We are all awakening to the fact that we don't have to live in pain anymore. We don't. That's true. You don't. You know, I, I, I love this. I, I listen to, to, I guess you would call them self-help books. I don't like that term per se. I feel like that minimizes the impact that literature or um, ex- great expression, the healing qualities that can provide on people. Self-help, it's like eh, colloquial term. I don't like it. I haven't figured out a term that I like better. I listen to books that you would identify with as self-help books. And I also follow people on YouTube that enlighten me in ways it's very strange. And I know people experience this. Sometimes you have thoughts of your own and you feel like a genius in a moment. Maybe you feel inspired because you have this thought and there's something in your heart. There's something in your gut. There's something in your mind that all hold hands together and know that this is the truth. And for whatever reason, maybe it's the external forces of where you are in life, your financial situation, your status as it pertains to education, where your environment is located. All of these factors may push you away from what you know to be true. And it is a beautiful experience in this life where you can magically synchronize with somebody who is not you, who has these same concepts and ways of approaching and looking at the world. And it validate what you already knew to be true. And some, we all need that from some, time to time. We all need a sense of community. We, we, a lot of times as we develop and mature as individuals who truly believe in ourselves, it is such a beautiful gift that life abundantly provides where you can run into in a magic way. You know, 2023, that's YouTube. That's just seeking out and you finding people that think like you. But you run into individuals who express mindsets and ways of perceiving this life and ways of seeking what you're looking for, that it's like it's talking to something that you already knew, but you get that validity, you get that support externally. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I think if that is your intention, if you are looking for help, you will find it. I think if you are looking for symbiotic relationships you will find. I think if you're looking for positivity, if you find it adversely, if you are looking for destruction, if you are looking for uh, things to meditate on that corroborate your fears, things to confuse yourself with, you'll find all of those things as well. You'll find all of those things as well. I, I I think I said it in the last episode. I might have been in the episode before that. It all gets blurred after a goddamn while. Sometimes I go back and I'm reminded that I should just go back to certain episodes that I liked back then. It's not been that long, but I do one every fucking day. It feels like I'm in a fucking time warp. I go to an old episode and I listen and I'm like, man, this is great. And I believe in myself again. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is fucking fantastic. Nobody's doing anything like this. Cause I'm me. There's no other me. And it's beautiful and it's inspiring. You know, and I said it before, I believe so. But when you look at the world, your environment and the people around you and all you can see is the devil. It's like when you go to therapy. I've never been to therapy in a traditional sense. I smoked weed. I sat and watched the sunset. I like to think that's therapy. I listen to some good music. I like to think that's therapy. I've never been in front of an individual who has the 
the plaques and the awards and the uh, diplomas on the wall, on a leather couch. And they come out with the ink blots and they say, what do you see? And what it really is, is just, a, you know, somebody squirted some fucking paint on a paper folded in the middle. And that was that. And some genius said, if you show this to individuals, their psychological predispositions will be exposed. They will see what they're experiencing in their mind manifested in the external world. So it's just an ink blot. But the individual who's in like great turmoil, they look at it and they're like, that's the devil. You can show them another one. It's a completely different figure. That's the devil. Show them another one. That's the devil fucking another devil. You know what I'm saying? You, that's what happens. <laughs> Whatever's going on in your brain, you see in those ink blots. That's the whole idea there. But there's something to that. If you're looking at everything like it's evil or it's oppressive or it's negative, that's what you're going to see. If you're looking at everything in, in, in pain, that's what you're going to see. But adversely, if you see life everywhere, if you see possibility everywhere, if you see positivity, if you see support, that's what, that's what it is as well. It's an, incredible, it's an incredible realization. You don't have to believe me. Anybody who's listening, who's a continual listener to nothing important podcast, I'm not asking you to just give up your power of self-discernment over to this individual that you may not even have met in real life. Maybe you do know me personally. God bless both of those individuals for listening to me. Because this is a motherfucking, this is a, it's a hard pill to swallow. Nothing important podcast. But what I am asking is that you consider that. Consideration is incredible. I like to consider everything. As I grow, as I mature as a man, I try to refine the skills of vetting out what is not favorable for the outcomes that I'm looking for. So even if something is very potently, uh, glaringly negative in my life, I've learned through time that I can just release that. Identifying to it, my awareness to it. You can observe it. You can look at it. You don't have to run away from anything. But, you, you know, it's a big world out there. That's just that's just not for me. That idea or that thought or that seed, you don't have to ingest everything. But I do consider everything. You got to consider things. You might miss something that's gold that's sitting right in front of you, you know? Or you might be holding something that's really a piece of shit and thinking it's gold. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know. You don't know unless you consider things. You know what I mean? I get curious sometimes what people think about this podcast and in my own self-reflection listening to old episodes I realized the ones that I really enjoy the most is where I'm not thinking about what people think about this and I would even put a wager that those the people who are listening enjoy those episodes more as well because that's the way that life should be nobody should seek out entertainment or content from an individual who is trying to be part of an echo chamber. Because that's just, it's all watered down. It's all watered down. There's never going to be anything that can replace an orange. You understand what I'm saying? Go buy an orange, peel that shit, and eat it. Every aspect of how that orange is created, the organic, natural orange, is it's the best version of it. Anything else is a lesser. You're going to miss the fiber if you juice it. You are going to miss 
uh, whatever fucking nutrients. I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's some uh, microscopic cleansing that happens to your fingernails when you peel the orange. You understand what the point I'm saying? It's like the whole experience, the whole total package of the natural organic or- orange. That's the 100%. Everything else is watered down. And so the natural way that a person is should be how they express. It should be outside the limitations of right and wrong or the refinements that would maybe even aid them toward goal completion. And we see that a lot. There are ways to hack anything. I think, and I've said this before as well, but I love talking about this and I'm going to talk about it again. I love art so much. I love it so much. It is why we are alive, in my opinion. And you can take that broad term of art and apply that to a lot of things. Love to me is, is an art. Relationships to me are an art. You know, so what is art really? Art is a state of mind. It's a mood of being a creator or being somebody who is experiencing it. Or maybe both at the same goddamn time. I'm talking about sex, baby. No. Um, You understand what I'm saying? And I love art so much. And I think art suffers because of the want for a particular outcome. Because people get very focused on creating, which this is important in life. You know, all balance is important. You do want to be able to forecast you do want to be able to project you do want to be able to calculate and predict to the extent that we can as human beings which is going to be limited but it seems that success is a reward of those individuals who develop those skill sets and when you take those things and you over magnify any too much of anything is bad you take those things you over magnify and you start projecting what it's going to be and what it's going to look like and how it's going to sound. And you know what I'm saying? You, you put yourself too much in that thing. It hurts art. It hurts art. A lot of times, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, this is my opinion. It's also my podcast. I believe that the greatest artists, the greatest people at expressing, the greatest people at when magic happens, it is the ballet of vision and imparting your will and that's a that's dancing with the getting the fuck out the way moving out of the way moving out of your own fucking way and letting whatever you you know the greatest artists to me are conduits they take the fucking electricity of inspiration in through their fucking crown chakra however the fuck it works i don't know but they can transmit through their filter Whatever message that society or humanity needs to elevate its consciousness, give it new perspective and grow our awareness in totality. And the huge X factor there, X marks the spot. Where's the treasure? It's getting out of the way. It's moving to the side. You understand? I think if you understand that, you understand it. I think if you get it, you get it. People are so focused with like following trend and trying to scientifically break down and reverse engineer why something works. And to me, all of those things lead to what they lead to. Predictable outcomes. That's not magic. It's not magic. That doesn't 
doesn't do kind of what the intention is. <laughs> Half of that intention is to calculate and to be forceful and to control. But the other half of it is to do something that people are magnetized toward, that is organic, that is magical, that is artistic. You lose that if you overfocus on the control aspect of it. How am I going to make it? It's like, get out the way. Let it happen. Something's happening. You know? It's always that tug of war. I see it so much because I love artists in an incredible way. I see where intention turns into anxiety, turns into control, and the end result is eh. Versus where intention turns into anxiety, turns into release, turns into letting it go, letting it be, getting very anxious and excited about creation and getting to a point where you have to move out the way and let what happens happen. And then magic happens. Or it doesn't. But I don't think you get to the magic without that. Without the release. Without the... I can't control this. I might not even be the owner of what's happening. You hear great minds and great artists talk about it all the time. The people who really shift cultures. The people who really shift consciousness. The people who come out and they do something that's never been done before. That type of artist is what I'm talking about. Bob Dylan hits the scene. And he's this white guy with a weird fucking voice and a guitar. And he's writing stuff that is transcendent of whatever reference is going on on the globe. It is transcendent. It's not, oh, I see how you got there. It's where is this coming from? Jimi Hendrix comes on the scene. He's a guy who's playing an instrument and he's doing it all wrong. So fucking wrong. That every other person who spent their lives trying to master that same instrument, they throw out everything they were fucking taught and they start studying that individual. Those guys, they get to that place not by saying, I intend to and therefore I will control. They just, they feel something. It's an intuition. The intention is set. It is a desire to express something and then they get the fuck out their own way. Something else comes. And, you know, I think we all have that capability. Do we all get into that space? No. Can we all get into that space? I like to think so. I like to believe so. I, I, I know logically that not everybody will get there. I know that. I know logically not everybody will stay there. I know that. But I like to think positive going forward. I like to be an optimist for the future. And that's truly how my heart and my brain thinks about things from an artistic standpoint, I think people are going to hit their heads on the wall so many goddamn times until they start to realize, until they start to realize, until their eyes open, until they awaken to the fact that we don't have to suffer the way that we have. Traditions and the, the recipes and all these other things, they transform. It's a part of nature. It is a part of nature. Things change and that's okay. I've used this metaphor. I'm, I'm bringing everything back, ladies and gentlemen. It's all coming back. Everything coming back. I use this metaphor like I imagine when the Neanderthals were slowly transitioning through the natural progression of human evolution. Neanderthals are turning into something closer to what we would identify as a modern homo sapien. And the traditions of these Neanderthals, it probably was a big headache, a big fight Wars, maybe, 
of letting go of the things that were once efficient for the human race and accepting these new unknowns that push us toward the future. There probably was a big headache involved in all of that. And that's probably part of it. There's probably some imperceptible need for that as well. You know? But the truth is, is this is always what's happening. It's always what's happening. I will one day be 60 years old and my daughter will be 30. And she will try to explain something to me about the world that exists, the reality of the way that the world is when she's 30 and I'm 60. And I probably, if we're looking at the way that things naturally work, I won't be able to initially just accept that she's right. That's going to happen. It always happens. I'm not going to be able to see it because I got where I got when I'm 60. I'm successful and I'm living life and I play by the rules that I learned. What got me to survive to that age, what got me to success at that age, what got me to prosperity at that age, that's not going to be in existence anymore, but it's still real in my brain. That's my reference. And so my rigidity in holding on to what got me where I am Initially, it's going to make it very difficult for me to look at my 30-year-old daughter at that time and say, no, what you're saying is right. I'm going to have pushback. I'm not going to understand. Hopefully, at that age, I'm going to be somebody who still holds on to evolution. I think a lot of people, they calcify. A lot of people atrophy the muscles of continually going into the unknown, and therefore, they ride a wave that may last the entirety of their life but then find nothing new and may have the intentions of looking for something creative or reinventing themselves and doesn't happen for those reasons because they can't continually go into something different in the way that it really is possible for every human being, you know, hopefully at 60 years old, I'm still evolving and my daughter comes up to me and there's some new form of fucking you know, virtual reality where I could go in it and I could like fucking snort virtual coke and it has no negative health response to my actual physiological body, but I can experience the experience of getting higher doing heroin. And it doesn't freak me out to the point where I call my daughter a devil worshiper. I hope that fucking, I I, I really hope I'm open-minded at 60, right? There's some new fucking Mark Zuckerberg's grandson. uh, You know what I mean? The love child of Elon Musk and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Alexander the Great Musk, you know, when when he (laughs) is the supreme ruler of Mars and comes out with the new virtual reality tool that helps you do heroin artificially. You don't have any withdrawal systems in the in withdrawal symptoms in the actual physical reality. You can get high and it doesn't hurt you. I hope when that comes out and my daughter's doing it, I don't look at her like she's going to fucking Dante's Inferno. I hope I have an open mind. Right? Like I said, there's probably some there there are even perceptible reasons that there is pushback. There is perceptible reasons because I don't I think and I've said this before as well. We're just today's just bringing it bringing it back. Bringing it back. Bringing it back. You know? This is like a big fucking map. And I went somewhere on a journey and I, I wrote an X on a spot that I wanted to return to. So now I got to reverse engineer, go back to the X on the spot, right? X marks the spot. Listen, I was just saying there may be imperceptible reasons that 
the old critiques the new, right? But there are ways that we can measure the need for that. And I'm somebody that participates in that as well. I'm somebody that participates in that as well. I think anytime you are passionate about a particular industry, category, art form, whatever it may be, the people who are more inclined toward that topic or who are meant to contribute in that area, they are more critical and they're more judgmental and that is so necessary. When I watch movies, I tear movies a fucking part. I don't make movies. I don't make movies, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm, I used to when I was 21, 22 and I was, I was, you know what I'm saying, doing that thing. I used to think I was a videographer. No, I don't make movies. That's not my passion. But when I watch movies, I, I critique the fuck out of it because I love movies. And so when something is magical, when there's cinematic magic, it brings me higher than people who just watch movies casually. But when something is bad, I have a way more sensitive response to it. And that's necessary. That things are harshly critiqued, that things are vetted out for its validity. It is so necessary because I think without that gravity, without that pressure, diamonds are never created. I think without that factor, these art forms don't get to where they need to be in society. And that's another thing that's interesting about human beings is like, if you think about that, it's such a necessary function. Creatives in particular, they, they run from critique. They run from judgment. I think if you really believe in what you are doing, if you really believe and you're in that place of true artistic vulnerability, you should embrace. Because I find in myself, critique either makes me question what I'm doing in a healthy way where I come to realize something that I wasn't able to see outside of my perspective as a creator. It makes me look at something and say, maybe that person is right about that because it makes me feel so bad. When it makes you feel so bad, you have to really inspect it and be like, maybe there's something to that. And also sometimes it makes me feel really, really bad critique or judgment, but it strengthens the attempt. It strengthens my intention. Or what I know to be true, because with deep consideration of whatever critique or judgment somebody has, I still deep down know that what I'm doing is right. You know, all these things have their motherfucking, you know what I'm saying? It's, they have their functions. It's beautiful. It's an it's a incredible, incredible equation. You know, thinking about the metaphor of equation as well. Um... I think about the importance of balance and everything once again, where you want to be aware as well in a creative. This is like a fucking masterclass. This is, I'm not getting paid for this, right? <laughs> I'm giving a fucking masterclass. What is this? Who the fuck do I think I am? Who do you think I am? Who you think I am? Surprisingly, it doesn't matter. I know who I am. You know what I mean? Put that on the T-shirt. Does that read well? Maybe not. Um. <laughs> anyway, back to my masterclass on creativity. I don't even think it's like a masterclass on creativity. I think this is like just me expressing. I think that's the, that's the beauty of, of what this is, of what podcasting is, of what putting yourself out is, is that the intention sometimes can be so 
non-expressible. It can't be categorized in maybe one general term. You can't just come out sometimes and say, this is going to be this, that, and the third. Sometimes the intention is so vast and powerful. And the only way to express that intention is with the lack of awareness almost. And that's what I wanted to talk about. It's like the balance between awareness and a lack of awareness. You do want to have intention. You do want to chart out what you want to do. If you're writing a song, if you're writing a joke, if you're writing a movie, whatever the fuck you're doing, right? But there's also this, once again, it's a dance. You want to dance with that other side of like, you don't really know what's going on. That's why I've stuck with the theme of creating this podcast episode by episode on a freestyle basis. It's not just the fact that I'm, you know, my brain works in tangents. It's not just that. But I think magic would not happen on my end. The episodes that I think are great or that people think are great, uh, the messages that inspire myself, the messages that inspire others, the ideas that are, they've never been before. Those things don't happen unless I dance between maybe having a deep thought and something to talk about and then going into this blind. It's so important. The blindness aspect. That's so important. Turn off the lights and light a candle. Teddy Pendergrass, baby. You got to. You got to. And that's an interesting thing to think about, right? The balance between awareness and being unaware. It's beautiful. I think there are things that cannot be accomplished unless you add in the ingredients of blindness. You add in the ingredients of the unknown. I think the guy who knows everything can't create to the same degree that the person who knows very little. That's what I really believe about creativity. You know? I really, really believe that. I think I'm right. I think I'm right. And that's all that matters. Right? What am I talking about? Um... How's everybody doing out there, man? <laughs> the whole world. What was that song? I'll be thinking about like childhood songs too. That's like programming. It's not in such a fucking, not to think about it in a negative connotation, but childhood songs are a deep program. I got the whole world in my hands. I got the whole wide world. In my, I can't remember the first time I heard that, but that shit is stuck in my brain. It's stuck in my brain to have that concept as a child. It's a very childlike ambition <laughs> to have the entire world in your hands. And as we grow up, we are reinforced with such negative information, negative realities, such concepts of corruption and the way that power corrupts and war and famine disharmony, that we would look at that concept and it would just bring about fear, not love. The idea of a person wanting the whole world in their hands, everybody would be like, what if that person just crushed the fucking planet? Instead of thinking about it adversely, like what if that was a good thing? You know, the world is supported. There's a guy with the world in his, you know, who has the world in their hands right now? I think we all do. I think we're all one, insert Martin Luther King quote. And, no. Um, <laughs> it's funny, man. Do you love life? And if so, why isn't it enough? Hmm. 
do you love life? I think when you pause after asking that question, everybody says, yeah. Yeah. That's why I work so hard. That's why I go so hard. That's why I want more. That's why I have desires. But if you really love life, why isn't that enough? Hmm. I like to think I love life and life is enough and I have other desires. But without those desires being like accomplished, I love life. So it's all good. Is that the case for you? Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm just trolling now. (laughs) You know, I think about like old uh, philosophers and... No doubt, when you bring up like guys like Plato, love Plato, love Plato, love Plato, love Plato, and shout out to all the black people in Africa that probably taught him everything he knows. Love Plato. Shout out to the to the, the lost history of black philosophers. Love Plato. Um, or like Confucius, or all these guys like Confucius. Very ironically, sounds like confusing, and I think that's what I wanted to talk about. Like philosophers, they say. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. What power is greater than the entire world looking at you like you're extremely intelligent and wisdom and these people who mold consensus of thought? Philosophy, philosophers, they're like molders of consensus of thought. What grand power that is. Did they ever troll? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I love Antiques Roadshow. Antiques Roadshow is a show that I watched a lot in my childhood. Call me a motherfucking grandpa. Say that I was an old white man in my past life. I don't fucking know. When I was a little kid, I watched Antiques Roadshow. Last night, I was trying to relive that beauty. I had Raisin Bran for dinner. That was my favorite cereal. Corroborates the old white man in the past life theory. I had Raisin Bran, my favorite childhood cereal for dinner. And I watched Antiques Roadshow. Beautiful. If you don't know what Antiques Roadshow, Antiques Roadshow is a show where they go on the road and they uh, they mingle amongst the poor whites that hoard. And every motherfucking once in a while, there's some treasure, some unknowing treasure that some random white person has. The point of all this, um, I get curious because you watch these episodes from time to time and somebody would have something that they don't know is valuable. And from all intensive purposes, without the the person appraising that item, it's just a thing. It is just a fucking thing. And that's kind of how art works. I saw one item in particular. It was like this guy, he had gifted. He was a famous artist. He was famous. Fame is a motherfucker. Fame is a motherfucker, ladies and gentlemen. It molds a lot of consensus. It adds value to things that people do just because they're famous there's more gravitas there's more awareness there's more attraction to whatever a famous person does and the guy basically essentially took a coat hanger and he bent it up a whole bunch of different ways and put guitar picks on the ends of it so it looked like a dead tree branch made out of coat hanger and guitar picks and this thing was worth like three hundred thousand fucking dollars (laughs) after it was appraised you understand before that, it was just a gesture of a gift from an artist that a family held on to, and the value of it was sentimental. And all of a sudden, 
an appraiser comes, somebody who molds consensus or who agrees with an already agreed upon larger consensus that this artist was an important individual and this gift is worth three hundred fucking thousand dollars. I wonder if philosophers played around with shit like that. Like, did they get corrupted after everybody was like, yo, what this person is saying kind of fucking makes sense. Like the Plato, his first 10 years of his career give nothing but like potent philosophy and beautiful perspective on how to live life and awaken the human consciousness. And then like a year 11, he just got fucking bored and was like tricking young girls into sucking his dick. Like, I don't know if that fucking happened, you know? (laughs) After you get the entire world to agree that your perspective is the most prevailing logical way to look at life, would that corrupt the individual? And they just start making coat hangers with guitar picks that get appraised for $300,000. You know what I mean? Telling, you know, Plato was a horny bastard. He probably was just like telling girls like the fountain of youth was his cock. And they were just like fucking sucking it out, trying to stay young. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. But I find that very fucking interesting. Makes me think back to Neanderthals too. Like... (laughs) Thinking about like that consensus creates the value of something. It doesn't matter as much the actual intrinsic value of something. It's more human beings are more inclined to leave logic behind interest. You know what I mean? Like I imagine in the inception of the human race back to Neanderthals, uh, somebody had to start planting shit human beings were neanderthals we were fucking clubbing women dragging them behind the rock that's how babies were made we were just eating off of the earth killing wild animals grabbing fruits off of fucking trees and we got curious and started wandering around the planet and walking and as we were slowly traveling around the planet so did the human uh, evolution travel upward as well And we started to go to areas that maybe naturally didn't have as much fruit, vegetables, vegetation. And so somebody had to figure out how to start planting trees to bear fruit, right? All in line with the evolution of mankind. And I imagine they figured out after a while, like, okay, the wind is blowing the seeds of these trees all around, if we could just grab one of those seeds and dig in the earth and put the seed in the earth and put water on it, just observing the natural things that happen and replicate that, then we could kind of manipulate the growth of things that would help sustain us. This all happened very fucking slowly. And in between that process, they probably started to recognize too, like, hey, the village idiot Jerry keeps on shitting next to the trees. And we kept on beating the fuck out of him. And we started to realize as he shits next to those trees, those trees grow bigger. They grow stronger. They bear more fruit. And they understood the the concept of fertilizer, right? (laughs) So things are two and two is starting to add up and it's starting to evolve mentally and starting to pick up habits over generations and generations. I imagine they keep on digging and maybe they even come across some fucking gold. But at this time... In human civilization, what helped sustain people and civilization was not this shiny piece of fucking gold and metal that they find. They're probably chucking that to the fucking side. 
They were probably chucking that shit to the fucking side and they worshiped human shit because it helped the trees grow. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? At that time, shit caused the trees to grow. We live in a civilization now where I'm pretty sure every human being, the consensus is that gold is probably a little bit more valuable than human shit, right? People aren't taking shits next to trees anymore to help them grow. They're doing it because they drank too much on a fucking Friday night because they're depressed because they don't have gold. They don't have anything of value. It's just interesting, man. It's just interesting to think about that shit. It's all consensus. It's all belief. It is all a belief. Human beings, they care about what's interesting over what actually has intrinsic value. It's very fucking interesting to think about. Very motherfucker. Is this philosophy, ladies and gentlemen? I'm a new goddamn player. Am I Puerto Rican Plato? Am I Puerto Rican Plato? Um, <laughs> no, I'm being stupid. It's just interesting to fucking think about. And I like to think. I think you guys like to think as well. I like to think that you think that my thoughts are thought worthy. I like to think that when you think about what I'm thinking about, that you think that my thoughts are worthy of you thinking about them. Right? Confucius? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave you on that motherfucking one. I hope you have a great day. I beg of you to maintain the correct perspective of positivity and looking at things. See God everywhere. See life everywhere. See creation everywhere. And that's what it will be. See destruction and control and force and manipulation. That's what it's going to be as well. You know what I mean? Don't got to be painful though. We can turn on the lights. And see, you know what I'm saying? I'm not Teddy Pendergrass, but you get the motherfucking point. If you're a continual listener to the Nothing Important Podcast, firstly, I want to thank you. And I want to do so sincerely. You know when at the end of the email, when they say that write-off, yours truly? I'm not yours truly. But sincerely, this was Matt Reyes. And I thank you. And I thank you. Continue listening. Do me a favor. Go on to the Instagram. Like the post. Like the reels. Until next time.